Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the May 25th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll look at numbers 1140 through 1144 of the Catechism. The celebrants of the sacramental liturgy. 1140. It is the whole community, the body of Christ, united with its head, that celebrates. Liturgical services are not private functions, but are celebrations of the Church, which is the sacrament of unity, namely the holy people, united and organised under the authority of their bishops. Therefore liturgical celebrations pertain to the whole body of Christ. They manifest it and have effects upon it, but they touch individual members of the Church in different ways, depending on their orders, their role in the liturgical services, and their actual participation in them. For this reason, rites, which are meant to be celebrated in common with the faithful present and actively participating, should, as far as possible, be celebrated in that way, rather than an individual and quasi-privately. 1141. The celebrating assembly is the community of the baptised, who, by regeneration and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, are consecrated to be a spiritual house and a holy priesthood, that, through all the works of Christian men, they may offer spiritual sacrifices. This common priesthood is that of Christ, the sole priest, in which all the members participate. Mother Church earnestly desires that all the faithful should be led to that full conscious and active participation in liturgical celebrations, which is demanded by the very nature of the liturgy, and to which the Christian people, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a redeemed people, have a right and an obligation by reason of their baptism. 1142. But the members do not all have the same function. Certain members are called by God, in and through the Church, to a special service of the community. These servants are chosen and consecrated by the sacrament of holy orders, by which the Holy Spirit enables them to act in the person of Christ the Head and for the service of all the members of the Church. The ordained minister is, as it were, an icon of the priest, since it is in the Eucharist that the sacrament of the Church is made fully visible. It is in his presiding at the Eucharist that the bishop's ministry is most evident, as well as in communion with him the ministry of priests and deacons. 1143. For the purpose of assisting the work of the common priesthood of the faithful, other particular ministries do exist. Not connected by the sacrament of holy orders, their functions are determined by the bishops in accord with liturgical and traditions and pastoral needs, servers, readers, commentators, and members of the choir also exercise a genuine liturgical function. 1144. In the celebration of the sacraments, it is thus the whole assembly that is liturgos, each according to his function. But in the unity of the Spirit, which acts in all, in liturgical celebrations, each person, minister or layman, who has an office to perform, should carry out all and only those parts which pertain to his office by nature of the rite and the norms of the liturgy. Okay, very good. So this section today is speaking 
more about how the liturgy is celebrated in the uh, in here in the, this earth, the church militant where we are. That this is um, this is uh, in a sense this is what's more most important for us. In, factually, it's most impo- it is more important that the liturgy is present in heaven, and that Christ and the angels and the saints and the Virgin Mary are present in a special way there. But in reality, for us. In a sense, what we need to know is what we need to do here. Again, all of the outlines of the liturgy that you need to take part in, in heaven, will be explained to you in due course of time. We don't have to worry too much about the order of things up there. But here, we have to worry about how things are here. Because the liturgy is the most precious treasure that the Church has. And here, we move on from, if yesterday we were talking about the Christus Totus, the whole Christ being the Church on earth, as well as the Church in Heaven, participating in the liturgy. Today we're looking more at the Church on Earth and to see how this liturgy is performed. And again, it is very important to see that everybody has a role. Everybody has a role. This doesn't mean that everybody has to perform a physical action. You know, I remember when I was a a seminarian uh, in the States that there was uh, these fashions that would go about and I remember being in a parish and their idea of participation was that everybody has to do something. You know, for uh, Pentecost, they wanted everybody to come to church dressed in red, that you had to be wearing red to participate. And then in the Epiphany, they wanted everybody to bring a bell to the church. Again, I'm not quite sure what the bell had to do with anything, but it was the idea that everybody needs something to do. And unfortunately, we see this a lot in uh, masses that... Uh, in Ireland, for example, school masses or confirmation masses, uh, every child has to be given something. If uh, 60 children are, are receiving confirmation, then you'll need to I- invent 45 prayer of the faithful so that every child has something to do. And you have these massive offertory processions where you're bringing down globes and goldfish bowls and I don't know what else. Because the idea that people have wrongly is that to participate, you have to be doing something. And no, it's much more deep than this. This active participation that Vatican II speaks about a lot, that the Council speaks about, that the Catechism speaks about, is very important. Some people now uh, sometimes want to disregard active participation as well. But no, this is totally wrong. Every Christian has to participate in the liturgy. We have to give our everything in the liturgy. To the same degree that Christ gave everything on the cross. You know, on the cross, Jesus did not hold anything back. He didn't have anything in reserve. There wasn't a just in case that he was holding on to. He gave everything. When in the end he died, the soldiers pierced his side and blood and water came out. Again, the water comes because he's already given all of his blood. He has given everything. And this is what the liturgy expects of us, to give everything in the liturgy. That this is really what liturgy is about, that we give everything. That we participate fully, that we put our lives there, that the Christian's life is a liturgy. Again, we can see this most uh, perfectly in martyrdom, but that each one of us is called to be martyrs. Is called to be a martyr, a witness. That's what the word martyr means. It means the, Latin, the Greek word for witness. Each one of us is called to witness to Christ with our full life. 
and that this is why the liturgy is so important and this is what's misunderstood then sure if we're in the liturgy somebody's got to do the singing somebody's got to do the reading there are different roles in the liturgy and then obviously the ordained clergy have a particular role we'll see that in a in a I suppose a couple of weeks time when we're looking at the sacrament of holy orders in particular but here on one level this is very unimportant Yes, it's necessary. Yes, it's the only way to do it. Yes, it's definitely not the case that anybody can stand up and preside the Eucharist. Definitely not. But on the other hand, that's very secondary. What's vital is that each one of us surrenders totally to Christ. That we make the liturgy our own. That really we participate in this liturgy so that we can be transformed. So that we can be transfigured. So that this recapitulation that the Catechism was talking about yesterday, that is proper also to those in heaven, that it can begin in us, that we can begin to be refashioned, remade here, through the liturgy and thanks to the liturgy. It's, it's a symbiotic relationship because the better we enter into the liturgy, the more we enter into the liturgy, the more we get out of it. The more we get out of it, the better we can enter into it. And it's like um, this continual uh, process whereby the liturgy grows in us and hopefully in the spiritual life it will snowball. It will start off as a small. Maybe when you're a child and they bring you to church you don't understand much. Although to be honest many times the children put us to shame. And then as we grow older, as we get more experience the liturgy can mean more to us and then in turn it can empower us to invest more in it. Because obviously if you go to church on a Sunday morning suffering from a hangover and you spent the whole time that you're in church thinking bad thoughts about your wife, thinking how bad she is, thinking how you'd like to, that it was a mistake to marry her, that I don't know what, then I'm sorry. No surprise that you don't get much out of that liturgy. No surprise that you go out as you came in, or even worse. But if we allow the liturgy, and this is the, 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 this is the task that is given to us, if we allow the liturgy to transform us, then truly we will come out of the liturgy different. We will come out transfigured. We will come out better. And that this is what the liturgy is doing. It's bringing us into this relationship again. So this is, again, this is why the liturgy is so important. It's this opportunity we have to touch heaven. It's this opportunity we have to be filled with this heavenly light. It's the opportunity to be purified of our sins to be really trans transformed, transformed. The liturgy, obviously the liturgy is the most important aspect of the Christian life, but it's not the only aspect. That it needs to be accompanied by a life of good works. And in a sense, again, the liturgy is like a dynamo that helps us to do good works. You know, later on in the Catechism, we look at the fruits of Holy Communion, but the fruits of Holy Communion also are that it will allow you to be generous with the poor that will allow you to serve people, that it will help you to do things that you don't want to do. So often there are things that we feel are frightened to do, things that disgust us, and yet things that are really holy. You know, this is what it's about. When St. Francis, who was this young man who was very much a, a playboy, very much liking to go around the place to do his old thing, when in the end he has a conversion experience, he meets a leper, and yes, he gives him his cloak. Yes, he gives him money. But in the end, he also kisses him. 
and this kiss of Francis to the leper. And later on he realises the leper is Christ himself. But that this kiss was nothing, was disgusting. You don't kiss a leper. The leper is rotting, is dying, and it's dangerous to kiss him. And yet St. Francis does this. Because the liturgy transforms us. It makes us better people. It, It makes us able to do the things that we are not able to do. That's why heaven is not about things that you do on your own strength. It's not that you earn your way into heaven or you buy your way into heaven or you you, you get there by having done, I don't know, done uh, that you merit it. You know, like in the Boy Scouts or the Scouts, they have these things of merit badges. You do something nice, you do something good and you get a badge. Heaven isn't this. You don't deserve it. You don't earn it. That is given by Christ. But in order to give it, he needs to change us and to make us worthy of heaven. But he is the one that does it if we allow him. He transforms us. He makes us do good works that we could not do ourselves. He makes you who are stingy give money to a poor man. He makes you who are, you know, always clinging on to your goods that when somebody and your your uncle who never had any children dies and your brother and your sister are fighting over the inheritance he makes you maybe step aside even though you love the money more than anybody else makes you step aside and say look you guys take it I don't want it this is what the Holy Spirit does through the liturgy we receive the Holy Spirit we receive this divine life that transforms us and makes us truly capable of doing what we can't do. That maybe you can't give five dollars to a poor guy and yet you walk away from an inheritance of half a million because of the Holy Spirit. Not because of you, not because of your strength, but because God is good and God's goodness is manifest, is given to us, is comes down upon us like dew, Like the dew, it comes down upon us and drenches us when we participate in the liturgy. So again, I'd better keep quiet here. So now we'll, we'll continue. And tomorrow we're going to look at numbers 1145 to 1152. God bless.